Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gradcracker webinar series. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by our good friends at SSE. SSE is a multinational energy company headquartered in Perth, Scotland. They supply millions of homes across the UK with energy. They are looking for the very best of talents to help create better energy systems for the planet and tackle some of the world's most pressing energy challenges. Could this be you? Let's help inspire you to join SSE and give you some hints and tips on how you can be successful. We will also learn about the opportunities which will be open for you to apply for tomorrow. Saying tomorrow, right, with Hazel? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> she's writing it down on to-do list. Um, and give you, and also give you an update um, about what the application looks like and much more. So what we're going to do today is start with Hazel um, and then move on to the grads, Doa, Viren, Lena and Rihanna. So Hazel, could you tell everybody um, a little bit about you and your role at SSE, please? Yep. So my name's Hazel. I work in the early careers team at SSE. So that covers everything from our entry-level apprentices all the way through our summer internships and our graduate placements. Um, I've been with SSE just under four years. And in the four years, I think we've doubled the number and variety of our graduate opportunities yeah. every year. And we are, as Carla said, about to launch our 2023 vacancies. So it's really great to have everybody on board today. Yeah, it's a really, really exciting time, isn't it, Hazel? And I know yeah. this week you've got your graduate induction week, haven't you? Um, yeah. Which is, it's a lovely week. Me and Jess were part of that a, a couple of years ago now. I've got a reminder on my phone of all the pictures that me and Jess yeah, took. Um, <laughs> so that was a good week. Um, so Hazel, I know I've briefly explained to the audience about SSE. The, the energy sector obviously is evolving quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, could you give the audience a bit more of an overview to, about what people might not know about SSE? Yeah, so again, um, I guess things are moving so quickly in our area. So, you know, there's some really visible parts of the business, like our distribution and networks. If you see um, guys working, as I did last weekend, up the top of pylons and recabling, uh, there's a lot of that infrastructure work that we're doing to make sure that, uh, you know, the need for energy and sustainable energy is, is increasing all of the time. And then we have our other areas of service, um, like our um, enterprise area, our, our renewables area, we've just launched um, even more major projects for some of the largest offshore wind farms as well. So, you know, it really does pay to look behind the adverts and we'll be linking up to different parts for business as well. So you can really hone in and, um, you know, see what all the different areas are. And we've got four of our areas that our graduates come in to represent today. So we've got Doan Thermal as well. Um, thermal, again, not everyone knows what that means. And um, we mm -hmm. have business and commercial roles across every area as well. And there's some really cutting edge uh, technology going on in the thermal part of the business as well so I'd really encourage everyone you know to to listen today and then go digging and come and see us at the fairs are um, fairs that we're attending are on our grad cracker hub so again that's the first port of call and then back to our website if you need more information as well but yet there's such a wide range of opportunities this year again so you know um, have a look see what fits best with you and what um, fits your career aspirations um, but yeah. something hopefully for everyone. Yeah, the number and the kind of opportunities that you have have grown significantly, haven't they, in the last you know, 10 years that I've looked after the SSE account. Yep. Um, so just thinking of, of things, you know, topics um, of the moment, Hazel, so sustainability is something that's huge. Everybody is looking to be more sustainable, whether it's as a, as a business or in their personal lives. Yep. Um, so what, what future goals, ambitions has mm -hmm. SSE got? Um, and I'm guessing sustainability, it ties into that. 
Yeah, and that ties in with every part. So what we're going to try and make it much easier for um, applicants to get an idea. So for example, our corporate finance team, you might think, well, why wouldn't I go and join an accountancy firm or a practice firm or industry? Um, but if sustainability is your thing, um, on our sort of web pages and one pagers this year, we're making the link to say, well, how, if I come into corporate finance, would that contribute to our net zero targets and sustainability? Um, within our enterprise area as well, we're building solar farms. Um, yeah. which again is helping businesses and for example university campuses decarbonize um, you know everyone's got targets about it and also to make energy sustainable um, within the UK markets as well uh, we've got lots of EV hubs so again if you're doing um, electrical engineering or in the commercial side if you're interested in that um, major projects going on major bids and projects that people can be involved in as well um, obviously renewables is really um, you know yeah. it's quite visible especially on sure um you know especially around glasgow where i'm based um when i look out every window i see um not so many of ours because they're a bit further away but i was lucky enough to be down at our cledwin farm about a month ago and that's when you actually see what a billion pounds of investment um mm -hmm. you know uh, gives to the whole sustainability and generation side of things as well but every single role at SSE, including my own contributes to our net zero so don't you know don't just think oh it's all about renewables there's amazing yeah. projects and technology um going on and hopefully the guys can give us a little bit more of an insight into their areas on that and um, within corporate IT as well the governance, governance and things like cyber security you can imagine how important that is um, yeah. especially during challenging times you we've seen and we've heard um, uh, you know some um, energy firms and other firms have been hacked and things so our corporate IT team really contribute to the, the safety of our uh, networks and things as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's such a variety of roles that are open to all of the STEM students that are watching today. Um, yeah. Just to note what Hazel said um, before about the one pages. Um, so as soon as the um, ads go live on Gradcracker, to, you know, hopefully tomorrow, if not latest Monday, Tuesday, um, there are little di descriptions about what goes on behind the scenes um, of the adverts. And obviously, as you all, all know who watch these webinars, we'll break this down into bite-sized chunks. So you'll be able to find out about Doha's you know, role, Rihanna's role, everybody else's role into the specific opportunity listings that we list on Gradcracker. Um, so thank you, Hazel. We'll come back to you in just one second, um, maybe a bit longer than that, but we're just going to meet the, the grads um, in more detail now. And then we'll go back to Hazel and find out about um, more of the opportunities, logistics, closing dates, opening times and things like that. Um, Doe, so for now, I'm going to start with you. So just a little bit of background, if you can. So where did you go to university and what did you study? Yeah, so I went to Edinburgh University, studied chemical engineering with management. Perfect. And wh why choose that degree? So what inspired you to do chemical engineering with management? Um, it's a really wide degree. Like you can, yeah. you can apply chemical engineering to a lot of things, but I, I've been interested in energy industry since high school, not to sound cliche, but uh, yeah. I was quite interested to see those like carbon emission mitigation technologies, perhaps do some research on it. Um, my interest in energy in industry prompted my career towards process engineering, chemical engineering, I'd say. Yeah. And the management side of things. So how, how's that, how did that come into your degree? I think those, oh, you're back. Oh. <laughs> you're back, love, you're back. <laughs> oh, I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is live. We, we all go through yeah, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm back. Management, uh, because like energy portfolios and trying to understand the financing behind everything, um, that was that was interesting. 
But to be honest with you, chemical engineering with management was a degree option. So I could either go for chemical engineering or the one with management. And I said, why not have something slightly different uh, with an engineering degree? And I I did quite like it. Like I I had uh, lectures on operations, general, you know, balance sheets and everything. So that gave me that slight business acumen, I'd say. But yeah. It wasn't heavy. <laughs> I was going to say definitely worth it though with the projects that you must be working on and things like that to have that management element, you know, to your degree. I bet that's helped um, with the projects that you've been working on at SSE. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Thanks, Dewey. So, Rihanna, similar question to you. So, where did you go to university and what did you study, please? Hi. So, um, I went to university at Coventry. So, I went to Coventry University and I studied information technology for business. So, essentially, IT and business and how you would use IT within the workplace or any business that you've got. Super. And has that come in handy with your role so far at SSE? Yes, most definitely, because I'm an IT um, graduate. So, obviously, yeah. working with IT every day. Um, and then within the business as well, you'd work on different projects as well. Um, so it gives you that knowledge of how you can actually use IT in different ways, whether it's coding or something as simple as, you know, opening up um, a Word document or email. You know, there's little yeah. things that some people don't know how to do in the business as well. So whether it's me doing training with the um, with people, um, it does help. Oh, brilliant. At least you've got that training element as well involved in your opportunity. When you said you didn't know how to open a Word document, I noticed Hazel smiled because she's probably thinking that's Carla who can't open a Word Word document. Thank you very much, Rihanna. Um, Ren, on to you. So um, university and studied, please. Uh, A smile went when Dogger gave her her answer because, yes, I myself did chemical engineering as well. Uh, My undergraduate at Aston University, then my postgraduate at University of Manchester, um, yeah. exactly the same reasons, the sort of broad scope of, of chemical engineering. And I'll be honest, yeah, I mean, the one thing it sounds like I might have missed out on, especially with what, where I'm working in SSE now, is the management aspect, because uh, yes, that, that's where I am now. Um, and yeah, just essentially the broad aspect of it all um, yeah. gives you a lot of variety. Um, and, and I think just typically to engineering roles, it's just, yeah, you get you get a lot, lot from it, I, I feel. Yeah, definitely. So just a question then, just thinking from the audience's point of view, you know, some might be thinking about staying on and doing a master's, should they, shouldn't they? So why did, why did you continue to, to do a master's? What, what, do you, what do you think that brought to you um, and your, you know, your role at SSE? I think it's especially if you're going down the technical route, uh, very yeah. much in the pursuance of that. I think uh, a, a master's sort of formalised, especially when I, I, I worked abroad uh, for a year in, in the Netherlands. And I appreciate uh-huh. that a lot of my European colleagues they felt the master's was, was quite necessary, um, yeah. in, in, especially in Europe. I think in the UK it's maybe slightly different um, in terms of the job market, but especially if you want to go abroad, I think a master's is quite critical. Fantastic, thank you very much, um, Lena. Last but not least. No, it's, uh, hello everybody. So I studied at the University of Aberdeen. Yeah. And I did my Master of Engineering in Mechanical and Electrical Engineering, like a joint degree. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> I think that is basically... So, so did you have a, a, a love of electrical engineering before you started your degree? Yeah, so, yes. I Since little, I think since 14, I always had motorcycles. So I was in love with the mechanical uh. component of it. And yeah. I am originally from Angola, and it's very like renewable energy, so they have a lot of hydro. And just growing up with those machines, it always excited me to know how electrical, mechanical sort of like cross each other. So I moved yeah. to Aberdeen for university, and then knowing SSC and the electrical systems, I just fell in love with it, and it became my 
passion and job as now. So I'd say is, I've always had a passion for mechanical and electrical, I'd say. Perfect. Oh, well, that's just perfect, isn't it? Your passion and your job in one. Who could ask for more? Um, so we've got, before we go on um, and speak to Hazel again, I'm just going to scoot around the room and get a top fact about SSE to be a bit of a, an icebreaker and to get us into the webinar a little bit more. Um, so, Doa, I'm going to start with you, your top fact about SSE. Perhaps I'm biased because I've been working on the project. Uh, so once, <laughs> <laughs> once operational, our um, Keed B3 carbon capture storage uh, project will be the first power station in the UK equipped with TC CCS technology. Keed B, that's where me and Jess went. Oh, it's really? Good. Yeah, oh. it's amazing there. It if um, So if you wanted to have a look for the audience who are watching, um, so me and Jess went to Ferrybridge and Keed B, um, and there's the Insight Days on the SSE hub. So, yeah, we took, well, I didn't, just took loads and loads of pictures and things like that. So if you want to know more about what Doa's um, just mentioned, then go and have a look. It's, it was a really, really fantastic day. Um, thank you, Doa. Good fact. Um, Rihanna, on to you. Top fact, please. Um, mine is not really a fact. It's more of like a did you know thing, um, just like because it. it's something some people don't know. Um, so obviously, people know SSE as uh, energy provider, but then they also do um, broadband and phone as well, which some people don't know. They would obviously go to other companies, but SSE also do, you know, your broadband as well, if you did want an option. Perfect. Good there option. You Thank actually, you, Rihanna. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Varen, yeah. on to you. Yeah. Uh, so SSE, I don't know if people know, with first FTSE 100 company to be awarded the fair tax mark. And I think in recent news, you might have heard that SC are pledging to reinvest all windfall profits into UK energy assets. So just playing his role. Good company Great to work fact. for. Mm, fabulous fact. fact. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Hazel. Um, Lena? Uh, yeah, for me, it will be more about uh, for the geeks. So SSC have the innovation project for all the ideas that ENA sort of bring together. So ENA is the energy... Uh, um, network association, they build a network of the future. So SSC actually takes part in experimenting that in our network, if it actually will work for since the insertion of EV or solar coming to our network, how will it, will it be stable? How will we, how our grid will withstand that? So it's quite a good place to see like the innovation and kind of like look at the future of the network yeah. distribution. And that is like quite cool, I'd say. I bet it's not geeky at all. I think that's fascinating. Oh, I I Lena, do. just a question on that. So do you see that loads of different companies from the energy sector come in and then you all kind of share ideas and things like that? Talk about that a bit a bit more in terms of how that works. Yes, yeah, so all the networks like Scottish Power, National Grid, all the networks that operate within the UK will sit down and model what a network should look like in the future if we had to accommodate 10 million vehicles by 2030. So they design it. Once that model is created, each company is given a responsibility to actually trial it on their network if it actually will work. So for instance, we have Project Leo in Oxford try to mold smart smart, uh, sorry, smart city, like oh, yeah. where customer can dim down their demand. And if we have more electric vehicle, can people feedback to the network if we need uh, electricity from the electric, the electric vehicle? Sort of like, it's quite like an exciting, yeah. moment to see how the grid will withstand different demands and different increase in power or decrease of power and it's like we experiment that and then people you get to see the new technology you get to get attached to them it's quite cool i have to say and i was a part of it for five months and i enjoyed it a lot I bet. have you got any exciting comments you could make on where you think 
the industry is going to end up in the future? Um, I, felt, I do feel like at some point we will need to get a bit more of the consumer to educate our consumer a little bit of the power they have. Because in the yeah. future, for everybody to have, I think houses nowadays are built with solar panel. So people will yeah. want to sell their electricity back into the network because they want to save money, for instance. So, and in the future, there will be a lot of people avoiding to use electricity at a certain period of the, of the day because it will be more expensive. Mm -hmm. And let's say usually from five to eight is when most people come from work, the heating is yeah. on, the yeah. babies are home. Sometimes. So it, that's yeah. a huge demand. So in the future, we want to encourage all the consumers to sell back their energy. But yeah. if someone has an electric vehicle, instead of charging the electric vehicle, if they discharge it to the network and support us, they can get that more of money. And then mm -hmm. once they actually charge in the morning, it will be cheaper for them. So they can get like 25% saving or 10% saving. And it's just, and how these uh, bi-directional flow of energy will affect our network. So we kind of like design a network to withstand those flows of, of electricity. So any students listening, you know, listen to what we've been mentioning here, because this might be something, Hazel, you know, when students are applying, they put an application together, if they're thinking like this, yeah. you know, and they're showing that interest in what the future of the industry is going to look like. I'm sure it'd be something you would want to hear from a student in an application. Absolutely. And one of the one of our MDs that I was with yesterday in Enterprise um, happened to mention that at their welcome day in, in Reading and uh, an intern who had been with us as well had just casually picked up a sort of idea because, again, we are looking for people to come in and not just sit down and take the training and development that's on offer. It's just about using discussion. As Lino says, there's so much going on and everyone's got different um, experiences, qualifications and just thought processes as well. Yeah. So just by, a, a, you know, just by having a look with a fresh pair of eyes at a system that we were using as well, um, that went into operational mode and saved us 100k a year. So that's wow. the kind of environment we're in. We're always looking for people to bring their ideas. Um, you won't get, you know, even if it's like something really out there, look at it, discuss it, look at the merits of it. And if it's a valid one, it doesn't matter whether it's a new graduate, an apprentice or an MD that brings it. Yeah. Everyone's equal and valid, you know, that everyone um, has that opportunity as well, which I think is really exciting for all of us as well. I yeah, just wish I was more of an engineer and I could think that processes through. Me and Jess go through that every time we hold a webinar. It's like, oh, we wish we wish we were an engineer or a STEM student or whatever. Yeah. But I think, you know, Hazel, you mentioned before on all the grads as well. I think that's what's so exciting about the energy industry and the energy sector because everything is evolving, it's changing so quickly. And I think what a message that we've probably got across um already on this webinar is that it's 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 not just you know your engineering, you've got your cybersecurity you've got your IT, you've got your finance and all of those opportunities you'll accept STEM students into. Um, so the, the world of um, energy really is for, for anybody. Um, so Hazel, we mentioned that your roles, you gave us a brief description at the beginning of the webinar about the opportunities. Um, so you've got graduate opportunities, you've got placements, internships, all opening tomorrow, fingers crossed. Um, so quick shout out so the students watching, remember to follow SSE. I know it's only tomorrow, but give them a quick follow now um, and then you'll be alerted tomorrow via email and push notification when they do open. Here's a little question to you, because I know there was mentioned it, you know, with working at Keedby and things like that. Yep. Where will the students be based? Um, 
Is it a hybrid approach? Tell me a little bit more about the locations. Yeah, so you'll see, um, regardless of which opportunity it is that people are looking at applying, you will see a caveat and paragraph in every advert is that we look for flexibility and adaptability. And a big part of that is because our business is changing so quickly and we are looking for curious individuals who want to learn and get involved in lots of things so you know as Joa said there's really exciting things happening at Kidney but that might necessarily you know it might last for a particular amount of time and then there might be a project somewhere else or cross body or cross industry as Lino had said as well so there will on every advert there will be locations on there but in particularly in our in our transmission and distribution business and in particular in distribution you can imagine you know last year we had three or four really um awful storms uh, both in yes, the, you know yeah. the north of england actually right across the country mm-hmm. so in those particular times uh, we look for flexibility in everyone you know we had some of our hr managers were out on site helping and supporting um, really? people were on the contact um, phones just to make sure people weren't left isolated and things as well but certainly within the two years depending which program you go into and that's why it's so important to have a look at the graduates that are on today's their LinkedIn profiles but also look at the all the profiles that are on the Grad Cracker Hub and on our own web pages as well and they will talk about the rotations they've done and Varen as well has uh, rolled off the program but you'll see um, a good number of profiles from people in the same position as well who have done six months rotations now after COVID, during COVID as well, not everyone was physically moving around the country and we don't just uproot people where they need to, but sometimes if a project um, requires that for a particular length of time, or if you're an engineer and you apply for a job in a particular location, um, you know, whether it's Reading or Aberdeen or Inverness, that will be your base location. And then if you need to travel out with that area, we of course will arrange your accommodation, pay your travel costs, that type of thing as well. But as I say, if it's say, um, you know, if you're looking for a, a nine to five or a, an eight to four uh, role um, and you know you want to just have that that day-to-day then that it's possibly uh, not going to be the best fit for you because I think the opportunities that will come your way and this was what was so exciting about our graduate induct- or welcome event it wasn't the, mm-hmm. uh, the truly day one it was in um, sort of welcome for 136 graduates have just come in across every area of the business because that's what starts the networking between all yeah. of the grads across the different business areas which also helps inform them about potentially different projects that they may want to get involved in out with their day-to-day job and all of the graduates now will be again uh, we used to have it face-to-face as well involved in a project across all of our grads as we go through the soft skills training as well and that tends to be a sustainability project so I think if I remember correctly the Christmas before COVID I bought all my Christmas presents from the graduates because it was a sustainability (laughs) project and it was um, shampoo bars conditioners little wash bags and things as well so but that um, did raise a lot of money for charity but also it's about bringing all of the graduates together across each different business area as well because that whole networking you'll have those those uh, guys friends for life absolutely as well but it does give a greater insight into what other areas you may wish to become involved in or even in a project uh, point or when you roll off the graduate program it may give some people an idea um, you know say we have finance across all areas procurement um, IT you know so uh, that's something to have a think about but I say flexibility is is really really important if you want to have 
and make your make available the best opportunities for learning and development and progression, then that flexibility is something we look for. We also do have flexible first, but again, when you're on the graduate program, um, you know, there are times where you do need to be in, in training or you need to be with your mentors or your managers, um, yeah. especially in the more technical roles where you're offsite as well. There's, it's a little bit harder to flex around those types of roles as well. Perfect. Thank you, Hazel. What we're going to do, I've got more questions for Hazel towards the end of the webinar, but keen to speak to the grads because I've got some really fascinating stories. So Hazel, we'll leave it for now and then I'll come cool. back to you towards the end. But thank you very much. So I'm going to come to you first. So um, could you tell us a bit about um, your role? I know you've kind of touched on it slightly, but could you tell us about a bit more about your role and maybe even some projects that you've been working on that have been your kind of favourite experiences so far? Yeah, um, so I'm SSE. I'm in SSE Thermals Engineering Graduate Scheme, and so far I completed three placements across the business. One of them was in the process team. The other one was in the project engineering team. Uh, another one was uh, during a power station outage, which was super exciting. I got to see what happens when the power stations go through a planned maintenance period. And at the moment, I'm in my fourth placement in the digital innovation team. It's right. really interesting because what I'm doing at the moment in this team is like I'm looking at all the all the assets we have in SSE power stations, thermal power stations, and identifying places where we can implement a form of digital technology for condition monitoring purposes. So I'm talking about all the pumps and fans and gearboxes, those like smaller assets and trying to see if we can deploy a sensor to to measure um, or like monitor asset health and this could have a lot of like potential cost savings if we can um, in a data-driven way if we can understand that this asset this pump is about to fail before yeah. it does so you can in intervene and do something um, that's way better or like cheaper better for the pump better for better for the company um, so yeah looking at the digital options but that's not the only thing sorry this is sliding slightly <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i was also involved in the keyed b2 project a little bit uh, so keyed b2 keyed b3 they're they're they different so maybe i should like talk about that a little bit yeah. keyed b2 is um is a really efficient power station gas fired combined cycle gas turbine and when i talk about keyed b3 it's actually a new project in the pipeline so it's going to be really similar to keyed b2 but the difference in keyed b3 uh, comes with the carbon capture and storage ability so imagine a power station and instead of just emitting all the gas to the atmosphere you direct, direct it to a carbon capture and storage um, unit, essentially, um, and you you do, you do something called like the commercial scale solvent based carbon capture, and that way you're limiting emissions, like you're eliminating maybe ninety five percent of the emissions, and um, that's key B three in the pipeline. But the project that I worked in was key B two. What I did is I I used the original design. Uh, of KID B2 done by the original equipment manufacturers. And I tried to validate the uh, steam cycle uh, using a thermodynamic modeling software. So I had the design given by the equipment manufacturers and using some software, I tried to see um, how, how valid it was. And perhaps we can use this modeling later on um, and KID B2 is operational now. So we can compare and contrast with the model, original design and the actual operational data. So that's something I was involved in and it was really chemical engineering oriented. Yeah. Um, but then 
there was some slight involvement with the Keyed BC project as well, specifically around the front-end engineering design studies. So like I said, this project is in the pipeline, it's under development at the moment, so engineers are trying to design it, um, but because it's a project and we have a given budget, etc., it needs to be done within a certain period. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have these feed studies um, feed stands for front end engineering design. So what I did is like I tried to help as much as I could with the organization of these feed studies, because uh, there's a lot of engineers, there's a lot of project people involved. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to coordinate the study. You can't just, you know, fire a team's call. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting. Yeah. So you yeah. know the ferry bridge site? Yeah. Does that do carbon capture there then? Um, no, I think we don't have ferry bridge anymore. That site, uh, that uh, site shut. Uh, and no carbon capture, carbon carbon capture is um, we don't have any assets at the moment which currently have carbon capture. So when when Keyed B three um, hopefully gets like a, approval from the government, uh, it's yeah. going to be the first power station in the UK with carbon capture. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the first because that's what we found out on the inside. It's going to be the first. Mm. So when what do you do with the carbon when you've got it? Oh, okay. So what you do? Uh, Imagine the stack gas, so the power stations emitting like flue gas, you divert it to uh, something called an absorber column. And in mm -hmm. this absorber column, there's a solvent flowing. And that solvent essentially reacts with the carbon dioxide in the flue gas. Mm -hmm. So the solvent catches or like captures the CO2. Um, and then once you filter or get rid of the CO2 in the, in the flue gas, you can just emit it to the atmosphere like that. So that's the clean treated gas. But yeah. then you, you've end up with um, the solvent binded to the CO2. So you need to separate them in a separate process. And then the second stage of the, of the process is um, you do the opposite reaction. You're, you're separating the CO2 from the uh, solvent. And then once you've separated the CO2, you're compressing it and sending it offshore. Right. I Maybe see. to depleted oil uh, fields, for example, or you yeah. can compress it and use it in other other cases. I think we could just have a, we could, you should do your chemistry classes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all sit down. <laughs> Learn about the whole structure. Of, yeah. of the, of I need all drawn out and explain me. In simple um, terms, we're squeezing the sea, like getting the minor like amount of CO2 from the flue gas, uh, compressing yeah. it, uh, concentrating it and getting rid of it. I like the simple version. That's, getting more vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the most important thing. Um, Lena, I'm going to come to you next. Similar question, if you can remember what it was. Projects, a bit about your role. What's life looking like for you? Yeah, so um, I'm, an, I'm a graduate within SSCN distribution. So it's a very different department from... Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we... Uh, um, and it, sorry, as I, as I mentioned, currently I'm in system planning. So yeah. within the network, uh, the distribution network, we... Uh, system planning is responsible pretty much for designing our network. So they are the people that design any new connection, let's say any, this is for a new house development, all the grid design, how much power will be there. If we need a primary substation or a secondary substation, they design it and see if our network, how our network should um, feed the power to the, the new development or existing development while maintaining certain standards. So we are regulated by Ofgem yeah. and the, Energy Network Association, pretty much, our, they set standards to how our network should look like. 
Yeah. And yeah. within the plan, the system planning, I am responsible for planning standards. Like I'm looking at a project to that focus on substation that do not meet the requirement. They are exempt by either physical constraints or economical constraints. So we have a few substations that are in very remote locations or in outer Hebrides, like for the uh, Scottish Isles or any island within the, uh, the UK, that because it would be too expensive for us to build them to the P2 standard, which is the, uh, um, the network or the regulation standard, we talk to Ofti and we explain what the difficulties are and then we, give, we are given an exemption for those substations. But just to mention, uh, as a, the network we manage have been built in the 1940s, 1950s. So some of those substations, the reason why we were given ex exemption have already sort of like, they've, they've become a bit more important for us to hold those exemptions. My job currently is looking back at all the substations that we have in Scotland that have those exemptions and reevaluate if this still physically or economically non-viable to put reinforcements. Reinforcements mean money and money, the consumers pay it and the option also pays for it. So my job has been lately is running different softwares that sort of model the current consumption, the, five, the past five-year consumption, as well as a forecast for the next 10 to 20 years, how much power a certain substation or a circuit will face. Mm -hmm. So if we realize that it will be um, the power demanded within a substation or a circuit within our network will dramatically increase in the next 15 years. And it's economically feasible for us to input that much money now such that we don't have the problem in the future. Then I would advise um, the system planners that this substation, according to the studies that we've done, it flagged that it, we, it, it, it's worth spending that much money for them. Absolutely. So that is what I'm currently doing. It's, it's, want to learn about a network, learn about recommendations and what standards should we be delivering our energy and like looking at the modeling uh, side, we do model all and then we work with other people that are within regulations that will come and sort of like explain to us how regulations are because I think a lot of engineers don't really understand much about law. I think we need people yeah. that are really yeah. good at like simplifying this is our responsibility, this is what you have to do and then we meet those responsibility by doing the study and proving that is economically and, and physically possible for us to reinforce it if it's not for the exemption to maintain. That is roughly what I'm up to now. Roughly. <laughs> that, was, that was really insightful. Yeah, really insightful. It's interesting how you um, say as well about that kind of law aspect. Do you feel like you're getting more confident in that area now, you know, with the support of SSE? Have you got that support within your team as well to kind of ask those questions when you're not sure and, you know, help with the, the knowledge that you may be not as confident on? Oh, yes. Uh, so since I came in, there is a, a motto in SSC. That is, we, everybody, so every meeting, they say, no question is silly question. Yeah. yeah. The only silly question is the non-ask question. So it is very important because yes. we, we pretty much are uh, a national essential infrastructure. So we need to be aware of what we do. And it's really important to understand why you're doing certain things and when it comes to law and regulations, despite me not having any knowledge, I'm always alongside someone within regulations that is capable of explaining to me why it's important. And we also, we have to report everything to Ofgem or everything we do has to be recorded, has a documentation, have procedures on what we do and why we did them. So as it's a, it's a new exposure, it, make, it has a different way of communicating and it's also 
trying to understand when I'm reporting a few things that I'm doing, I'm reporting for people that are not engineers. So it's like yeah. finding ways to like filter my communication skills to be understandable for someone else on the other side reading it. And it's, it's been quite a good stretch and a good like learning curve. It's just like being aware of how I communicate emails and how I send reports and how I present an engineering case of we need more money or we need less money or we need a better standard or what we meet in those standards. So it's been quite a good sort of like stretch from the comfort zone of just seeing electric uh, cables. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's been very nice. Been, been broad, which is great. Thank you very much, Lena. So, Rihanna, I'm going to come to you next. If you could tell me again a bit about your role, your projects you've been working on and what it's life like for you at SSE. Yeah, um, so I started the grad scheme actually a year ago, um, so I'm now in my third placement. Every placement that we do lasts six months, so I've done two placements already, and I've actually started this week on Monday, um, oh. started my third placement, yeah. yeah. Um, so that one is now in distributed energy, which is um, which is part of the energy solutions um, uh, group within SSE. Um, prior to that, I was part of networks, so specifically distribution. So within networks, you do have distribution and transmission as well. And I was part of the distribution one. And then my first placement was in the old 365 team. So that is um, Microsoft um, 365. So essentially, um, that is the use of Microsoft systems, whether that's Word or SharePoint, uh, PowerPoint, Visio, etc. Um, so different projects that I've worked on, I mainly work on things that are internal. So that would be between the employees rather than outside um, to other businesses or other uh, consumers or users that we do have. So yeah. um, for example, in when I was in my 365 team, I was doing training, as I mentioned earlier. So that was training on how you could use SharePoint, for example, or different apps that we have, whether that was Power Apps um, as well. And then leading on to my placement that I've just completed, um, I was working on different hardware projects. So for example, if someone within distribution needed a new laptop or they needed a site set up. Um, so if, for example, if you had the Reading site in Forbury, if sorry, if Forbury needed any kit, um, then they can come to myself and then I'll be able to get that kit order. So managing the budget um, between that and the ordering and purchasing of the kit. So whether that is, you know, you need a chair, you need um, a docking station, anything like that. So I'm very much IT based, but between the employees, um, so internal. Can I ask a question, Anna? So yeah. have, you, have you made that decision then to be based internally rather than externally with you know, the consumers and maybe other employers and things like that? Yeah. Or do you, or is it is it kind of your next rotation will be more external? Is that is that how it works? So you, it's a little bit of both. So you yeah. do have visibility of what projects you can work on. Um, yeah. And I don't mind working on the internal ones. Yeah. So um, just, just a bit of background. When I did my uh, university degree, I did a sandwich placement. So I essentially yeah. had a year within industry. Mm-hmm. And within that as well, that was also um, not with SSC, unfortunately but that was also internal work with different employees so I do have that mindset of being able to understand how employees work what they need um, anything like that and then if I can get them what they need to do their job then they can then do the next step and then speak to the um, other people that need to speak to whether that is our consumers such as customers that use um, any anything that's from SSE or whether that is other businesses that we work through or for example as Dino said um, communicating with Ofgem um, which is another major thing that we need to do obviously. I suppose it's, it's a vital role, isn't it? Making sure that everything yeah. internally, you know, ticks away nicely. And I suppose it's nice as well that you, you get to to meet everybody, like all the training sessions that you've just mentioned that you've been holding. Um, um, you, I suppose you can get to see different areas of SSE, meet different people as, as well. So you're getting yourself 
out there in the company as well. Yeah, totally. So there's um a wide array, right? Oh, sorry, a wide array of different people that you do meet, um, from yeah. different business units as well. And then you do get to speak to everyone, so it's a bit of networking as well, which is also great as well because networking is a major skill that you do need yeah. when you do work in industry. So being able to um, communicate with other people. So for example, if I needed something from someone in transmission, then I can obviously be able to go to them because I've got that I've got that um relationship built with them now yeah. because maybe I've helped them train or something or I've helped them build an app or they had a quick question and they needed some understanding I have helped them do something so now I can easily go back to them um if I have any queries or questions like that so yeah it's um it's very good being able to speak to different people as well and so even with the the training sessions if we go back that was for example you know you've got 300 people in one session that you're doing training for they'll have you know questions answered that's one of those things where you can't be um you can't keep yourself to yourself you do have to just go out there and just let people know your knowledge it's about knowledge sharing so if you have something that or any new ideas that you can share then that's the way forward brilliant well done you going to come to you next if that's okay similar question project life what is what's it all going on at your end so i guess just to give brief account so the company that rihanna mentioned distributed energy that's when i first started uh, working as a well started off as a a commercial graduate scheme back in 2019 and since then i'm now working in corporate finance in specifically in distributed energy which I guess the role is specifically a management and strategy consultant role uh, and with myself primarily focused in merger and acquisition activity in the solar and battery space. So most of my sort of day-to-day activity is essentially origination of of new, basically um, working with solar and battery developers, um, basically reviewing their project project offering and essentially providing sort of early initial investment appraisal um on those projects so essentially so just to give a broader understanding mm-hmm. uh distributed energy is quite keen to develop uh, up to i think five gigawatts of solar uh over the course of the next five years and so there's a big drive uh to buy buy project rights um on large scale solar and battery schemes um okay. so when i say large scale these are sort of utility projects looking to export to the grid and and it's yeah re- re- really interesting you're working with some very intelligent developers um some bright sparks in, in the space and so yeah it's, it's it's a great time working with, with the different clients um yeah. but aside from that in terms of other projects i've been involved with so being in corporate finance we're also spread across and involved in the other project product offerings of distributed energy so one aspect of that was supporting the heat networks team and specifically this was me co-leading an innovation project which looked at um, an alternative heat source to what we currently have as a low carbon option which is heat pumps so we looked at recovering waste heat from transform well transmission transformers mm-hmm. supergrid transformers um and so this actually works on a project on essentially recovering heat from a, a national grid substation site in west ham and um it's been a fairly it's been a, a really good good experience because we've got to work with the likes of national grid and uh work, work with them and making this project reality it's now got to a stage where we're doing a trial project in the north of wales on at the d side innovation center which is a national mm-hmm. grid sort of uh decommissioned um testing bed now uh, right. which, which is really interesting and essentially uh, yep and, and also since then we've managed to get um some publicity as well on the back of of, of this i think there's a guardian article out there a few hits on on twitter and things not that i do social media but i've heard it's there (laughs) and uh, was doing the rounds so yeah that was a great great thing to be part of and it's still on its journey at the moment now 
uh, I guess aside from that, been involved in a lot of partnership opportunities, which yeah. I can't explicitly mention, but specifically supporting our um, EV charging business. So we have a business proposition right, yeah. to basically build 300 EV charging hubs over the course of the next next five years, which is a, a huge ambition. And we're constantly on the lookout for new partnership opportunities. And I've been working with a, a couple of different opportunities there. It must be quite nice to be at the at the point where you're almost making those future decisions. You know, yeah. you're you know you're thinking about it now. You're at the forefront of thinking, right? You know, where can the industry go? And you know, making those decisions now, which must be super exciting. So, do you find that there's a lot of crossover with what you the projects that you're working on and feeding that back to other teams? So, for example, would there be any crossover with you and Lino and in the work that you do? So, you know, speaking to Off Gem and things like that and feeding back information. Oh, very much so. Um, work, work being, being being close to the regulatory regulatory aspect is is, is is important, especially when we're talking about specifically, for example, that waste heat recovery project. There's a lot of red lines when it comes to national grid uh, and where they can be seen in terms of making, let's call it, non-business as usual potential revenue. Um, and so, especially when you're putting the business case together, you need to make sure that it sort of fits the red lines both for SSC and especially with your partner as well. And especially in this case, when it's the yeah. likes of a national grid, they need to be seen, you know, doing things in the right manner. Um, Absolutely. So. It must be quite exciting, you know, again, having that experience of learning the industry and then, like you say, working with these people, these partners that, you know, in their world, we're at the forefront of technology and, you know, having a almost like a collaborative mindset must be really exciting um, and working with these people. So I can imagine that is, um, you know, like I said, a super exciting environment to work in. Um, I'm going to stick with you just in terms of where you can see your future um, going, in, you know, and can you see yourself staying within this particular part of the business or do you think you want to still explore other areas and, and where it could take you? I think uh, I've been sort of, in, in terms of being in distributed energy, we've got because because just because of the off, offering we have, it's you can get quite a wide variety um, yeah. within distributed energy already. And in terms of myself and my, my sort of journey going forward, I like to think I'm fairly hopeful and positive about it. Uh, I think I for me, just because my background's in in engineering rather than finance specific, yeah. uh, I'll be going on the journey of sort of gaining the sort of formal accreditation, sort of certified financial analyst. Um, look, look at whether I'd go on the journey of, sort of a, a, the county side of things. I'll be mm. honest, and honestly, for me, I think I'm very much. I'd like to be still remain quite involved in the project side of things as well. Yeah. And with yeah. the corporate finance and distributed energy, it sort of allows for that. Um, yeah. In terms of, I guess, the sort of the future, whether it be navigating through no corporate finance and sort of entering into the sort of wider wider SSC group and seeing opportunities whether it be in renewables or on the network side of things there's there's big things going on there especially renewables mm -hmm. where they're now entering those those international markets as well whether it be north america japan uh southern europe especially when it comes to solar and batteries so there's a lot of potential and, and, and a lot of areas where you could go to and yeah i think uh, early time. days but yeah a lot yeah there's a, there's a definitely road path there I was just going to ask Jess about um, international travel then. So you mentioned quite, you know, countries all over the world. Um, is the opportunity for you to travel abroad, maybe as part of the graduate programme or after the graduate programme? Um, I'm not I'm not sure at, at this stage. Uh, obviously now I've only had one one international yeah. uh, journey. <laughs> not, it wasn't part of the graduate scheme, but it's part of my role in, in corporate finance has only been the one. I think it's, yeah, um, 
very early stages now. I think Possibly. Teams have only Possibly. just been built up in somewhat small offices in some of these places. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, yeah, we're only in the big process of being invited to tender. And these yeah. are typically offshore wind projects. So, yeah, very early days. Oh, wow. Just imagine though, when, you, when you win those bids and you can go over and start up these satellite offices. Yeah. Yeah. Think think big. Think big. I'm on, I'm on, your, yeah. I'm on your wavelength now thinking big. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to come to you next with a similar kind of question um, in terms of the future and where you can see yourself going after you've, you know, kind of completed your graduate uh, role. Yep, so I'll be coming off the graduate scheme around this time next year. Uh, I'd very much like to stay in thermal. And for those who are on the call who are interested in in innovation and novel technologies, I do believe SSE Thermal are headed in that direction. And there's a lot of exciting new things happening, such as um, large scale electrolyzers for hydrogen, um, gas and hydrogen blending in existing power stations and carbon capture projects, as I've talked about uh, briefly before. So all these projects, because of their new nature, they're really exciting and there's no right or one answer. Um, That's why you need to think extra critically. So if I stay in SSE Thermal, I feel like I can uh, find out more and that's quite intriguing. And in terms of my role, I would, I'd like to, I think I'd like to become a full-time like process engineer um, to to keep my involvement in these technologies. And another thing that to mention, and I think um, in terms of like having masters, it's, it's, it's a good thing to have masters because then you can be chartered. We don't have to have a master's degree to become a chartered engineer. That's not a requirement, but if you do have the master's degree, it does help in the initial like couple of stages of your chartership journey. Um, so I do want to become a chartered chemical engineer with iChemy a couple of years down the line after the graduate scheme. That that would be cool. <laughs> That's the dream. Brilliant. Good stuff. And I'm sure you will. It's interesting, um, you know, you mentioning about... Um, Again, I keep saying the word forefront of technology, and I'm, I probably should have a little tally as I'm running my time to say it. So I do apologize, everyone. But you literally are, aren't you? You know, you're at the point now where, you know, everything's changing, it's moving forward. And where you're going to be in, say, 10 years' time, you know, you guys are then going to be the experts. And you know, I'm trying to touch upon the point, Hazel, which you mentioned earlier, because it was weird. I did a presentation yesterday. Today's kind of blurred together with Edinburgh Napier. And we're talking to the students about, you know, large organizations, small organizations, you know, the benefits of, you know, working for both and things like that. But it's almost now where the lines are kind of almost blurring, aren't they? Because, you know, because it's, you know, so new and Hazel, just like what you've mentioned, you've got, you know, the MD of the business saying everyone has a voice, you know, no matter if you're, um, you know, a a summer placement student, uh, you know, you're an industry student, whatever, because times are so changing now and everything's so new that it's, I just think it's so exciting. It's I think a, fr- a phrase that, uh, that I've used a few um, times over the last year as well was, um, you know, talk about in SMEs, entrepreneurs, yeah. but when we're in larger organisations, if you transfer those skills in, we're looking for entrepreneurs. So within mm-hmm. the business, coming up with that intra- entrepreneurial thinking, and because we have so many different areas, you know, as Ferran said, he's been, um, you know, he started off in D, he's now in a more financial rated role, but he's, he's probably worked with at least three other different sectors and areas as well and even when Viren 
joined the graduate programme, we've now have, I think, 16 different sectors within distributed energy, um, which, you know, that's that's doubled each year I've been here as well. So, you know, things are just, it's like a big snowball. Um, yeah, but yeah. that just mean that, as I say, the, the challenges are there. Um, but, you know, if, if whether it's engineering or the finance side or the technical aspects within IT, um, as Doa said, a lot of people, um, you know, there's a lot going in, on in the renewables side, especially um, this year, we've got some massive big offshore um, uh, projects going on as well but every single area and in particular some of the really cool engineering um, things are going on in the thermal part of the business as well so I just really encourage everybody to have a really good look at our projects what's yeah. happening as well because I say we all contribute to the sustainability side and the net zero um, you know so there's just so many different things happening as well which is um, a good challenge to have it can be very challenging at times <laughs> I work across every part of the business um, so I sort of scratch the surface so it's great to hear more details from the guys as well um, but when it gets too technical that's where I, I just um, pass it over to the experts as well to do which is why they're on the call today as well. Um, brilliant and you know it's a great way to kind of sum it up Rihanna I just want to come to you last with um, the idea of kind of you've mentioned a bit about some you know networking groups that you've been involved in and the idea with yeah. your role as well you know you work quite internally with everyone Um, have you got anything you want to talk about in terms of the groups that you've been involved in not necessarily that's kind of reflecting your role but any additional things that you've done or anything like that? Yeah, sure. Um, so for myself, um, in terms of like where I see myself in the future, um, because I do things internally and because I work in IT, I don't have to stick within um, a different um, within a specific business units. So I don't have to stick with renewables or thermal. So I've been on the corporate side. I've been within distribution and then also now within energy solutions. So for me, I can move around. Um, I would also say that with networks as well, those are now separated into distribution and transmission. So if you're interested in um, depending on what side you want to be involved in, you can specifically pick with you if you want to be within the distribution side or the transmission side, which both have their different interests as well. Um, SSC as a whole with all the business units, um, you do get to work a lot um you do get a lot of knowledge about all the other business units as well um as i do work within it so if i am working on a project that does require some help from someone within renewables or within electricity then i do get that help as well um yeah. so that's very useful um and then last thing just like in terms of um the units that i have worked with and um, specifically with networks as you mentioned um that one again and um, there's bigger projects as well that you can be involved in such as ed2 if you want to do which is a major project at the minute um working with Ofgem and everything like that um so you, it, it's obviously up to yourself whether you want to kind of stay internal or work within the bigger projects as well you do have yeah. all those opportunities brilliant. brilliant that sounds absolutely fantastic it perfectly done because it inspired everybody who's watching um, this webinar. So thank you very much, everybody. Hazel, recruitment process. So we've said that we're opening tomorrow. Tell us a little bit of what's in store for the students when they do apply via Gradcracker. And um, could you also mention about deadlines and things like that, if possible, please? Yep. So we're hoping to have everything uploaded and go live uh, close of play tomorrow. Um, but just keep an eye. And as, as uh, Carla said, if you're following us on our Gradcracker hub, you'll get a, an alert when that comes through as well. Um, we don't make you fill in a 3000 page uh, document <laughs> to apply. We keep tr try to keep it nice and simple. So really make sure your contact details are correct. Um, we always have to call quite a number of graduates or, or students applying every year because they've left, left out, um, they've maybe put 
con or com uh, or different things or email mm. addresses bounce back so just make sure attention to detail because if we can't get a hold of you not helpful yeah. quick tip as well mark our graduates at sse.com email address as a safe one um, a lot of yeah. the emails are system driven so have quite a high spam um, threat if you've got all your um, safeguarding options in there as well mark it as a safe one and you won't miss any of the deadlines once you apply quickly thereafter you'll be invited to set our online test First one is a situational judgment test. So again, you've had insider information today about, yeah. about, about our culture, <laughs> our environment, the regulatory. I think we heard Ofgem a bit like how many clicks times did we mention Ofgem today, but we are in a highly <laughs> regulated industry. So really important to bear that in mind. After the situational judgment, it's a multiple, um, sorry, a, a graduate ability test, which measures things like your numerical, spatial awareness um, and inductive reasoning. And once we've um, got all the test results from that and scores, at the end of the closing date, we'll have a look at the applications in more detail and the test scores. And if you're lucky to go uh, through that process, we'll then invite you to do an, a short online video um, interview competency-based, nothing uh, horrific out there. Career service will, will have lots of materials online and face-to-face -face sessions this time if you're both about how to apply, how to get through the test, how to prepare for them. Don't go into the test cold. Mm -hmm. Always have a really good read and read the question at least twice before you start answering. Yeah. Um, video interview, again, uh, um, at any stage in the process, if you need adjustments to be made, uh, a recall ops form will ask you if you have a disability, but that doesn't come into the recruitment process at all. That's for our statistical reporting and governance. Um, so if you do um, have anything or you're not quite sure when you, before you um, maybe submit the test or the video interview, please contact us. The email address will be on there as well. And we're more than happy. We make adjustments for hundreds of students every year as well. And we're happy to work with you one on one if you need that as well. If you get through all that online and it, we will keep you moving as quickly as we can. Most of our assessment centres again this year will be online, but we will tell you in plenty of time um, so you know and can plan around your end of course deadlines maybe at the end of November or as you go into exams and please if you have exams either side of the days that you've been invited contact us and wherever possible we'll give you an alternative date if it's one of the smaller streams we may only be running a couple of sessions or assessment centres but wherever possible so if you think there's going to be a clash or a problem or an issue or if you're not well on the day just contact us as soon as possible and um, communication is absolutely key and hopefully you've got a really good um, feel for our culture we're not scary people well hopefully not um, <laughs> not at all Carolyn and then um, Jess know, know as well so okay. we'd rather contact you and help you support you through that process if you have any technical issues again we know that not everyone has great broadband connections and things as well just flag it up in plenty of time and we'll take you through that and um, we will be making our first lot of offers before Christmas and this the um, I guess the, the benefit for you guys is we'll keep you moving quickly through the process but then especially if you're a finalist it leaves you clear after Christmas to focus on your final coursework and your dissertation, yeah. that type of thing as well. Um, our deadline um, initially will be the 30th of October, um, but please um, 
you know, by all means, once the applications start, you can start and save a draft of your application while you do a bit more research. So have a look at the LinkedIn profiles, the profiles that are on, on our Grad Cracker Hub, and there will be more links within the adverts this year to take us back and some one-pagers about the different parts, what the training might look like and the rotations as well. And we do ask that you maybe, if you're an engineer, for example, there might be six or seven different engineering options this year, um, but we ask that you have a really good look and only apply for the one or two that most closely fit your experience and your career aspirations um, because say they are very different and um, but hopefully again today's given a bit more insight into those um, areas as well yeah definitely like Hazel said communication is the key you know SSC they're not they're not mind readers so if you do need that little bit more help and um, those reasonable adjustments just let Hazel and Hazel's team know then obviously they'll be happy to accommodate where they can yeah just one final point on the test because yeah. again um, if um, uh, people at university know get lots of different support in different ways as well and um, you know some students may not need any um, help or support at university but the yeah. recruitment process is very different types of adjustments we can make so if if um, candidates have dyslexia, for example, we mm -hmm. can extend the timer on the test. Or if you have a visual impairment, we can change the backgrounds and colours on the um, test. And when it comes to maybe a neurodiverse conditions as well, we're happy to work one on one with individual students or graduates um, to help them navigate through the process. We want everyone to do the best that they possibly can. Yeah. Um, you know, having attracted people into the process, we don't want to lose people for the sake of a phone call or some yeah, adjustments to be made. Brilliant. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of the simple errors that you could, you know, like Hazel said at the beginning of her piece there, make sure your contact details are right. You know, it's definitely a score by average. Double, double check everything before you submit the application. Um, and like Hazel mentioned, there's loads of opportunities to be able to thoroughly research SSE. Look at the hub. There's lots and lots of content. So the profiles on there. Um, obviously, I mentioned about our days out um, a couple of years ago, Jess, and video content and everything else. So give them a follow after this webinar mention and um, that you've watched this webinar to Hazel like Hazel you know she mentioned at the beginning about curiosity you know you must be curious to watch this webinar so make sure Hazel and her team know that you are yep. doing your research you are looking into it yep on the application form it will ask have you engaged with SSE at all uh, so if you've been uh, in the webinar you can add that in if you've perfect. seen and met us at one of the careers fairs or maybe um, a student society event because we'll be doing some more of those this year again as well um, if you maybe did something in the previous year or before COVID as well put that in as well so you know it, it, um, it just shows that you have done your research and you're committed you know to your application as well gives you that that greater insight as well. Brilliant. Perfect thank you very much Hazel and thank you very much everybody and um, you've been perfect as I say as I say this all the time you've definitely inspired inspired people who are watching to apply to SSE it is a great company you know me and Jess have worked with them for over 10-11 years now so yeah make sure you follow them now and um, to be alerted tomorrow when they do open their applications. Um, the webinar will be broken down into bite-sized chunks, as always, um, which will be live at the beginning of next week. And this recorded version will be live from tomorrow. So if you want to go back, have another look, um, then go to the SSE Hub and find out more, more. If you want that additional help for like the testing and things like that, go to the Grad Cracker Career Centre as well. We've got the Cracking Candidate, be a Cracking Candidate. Lots of helpful hints and tips um, at that on that area of Grad Cracker. Um, but for now, thank you everybody at SSE for joining us today. Um, me and Jess have got another busy week next week. 
we don't stop love do we um yeah. so me and jess are joined by aston martin formula one on monday and um, so tell us all about what what they've got on offer um, and we're also joined on thursday at two o'clock by sellerfield so register today to be involved in those webinars next week but for now thank you very much ssc for joining us good luck with your applications when you get those in and and um, we'll speak to you all soon that's great. Thank Thanks, Carol. Thanks, everyone, for attending. Thank you. Bye. 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 B